You are listening to Riverhouse Church's Sermon of the Week. We hope this talk equips and inspires you. Well, it's so great to be here. Thank you, Robin, for that amazing, honoring welcome. Really appreciate it. Um, yes, yeah, as Robin said, we, we're here on a mission trip. I'm here with my team. We've got, there are about 20 of us here. A bunch of them are doing prophetic booths at the moment, and then the rest of them are scattered on the front row. We've just had such a great week already so far. Um, we've, we were with, I see, I see you guys at the back there, Deborah and Joel, um, with the Gates of Hope Refugee Academy yesterday. We just had a great time with the, the refugees and having fun, playing soccer and playing games with them. And we were on Boise State campus as well. Um, and we've just been ministering at churches. We had a healing service on Friday night where we saw about 35 people healed before we even... Yeah, that's a good reaction. Come on. Yeah, we saw 35 people healed before we actually even laid hands on anybody. Now, that is good. We, we were stoked about that. And then there were a bunch more healed afterwards when people came up for prayer. And it's just beautiful what God's doing. And even during worship, man, I just felt the presence of God is in this place. Wow. Are you guys ready for an outpouring of, his, of the Spirit of God? Wow. I, I really sense there's a mighty outpouring of God coming. Like, it's, it's started. God's here. There's no doubt about that. You know, I don't want to just say it's disqualify what's happening now to say there's something only coming in the future. But there's so much more coming. You, this church is ripe. It's ready for an outpouring. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I just want to also thank AJ and Robin. They, they've just been so amazing in welcoming us and, and letting us come and, and take your service. Like, I know what that means. That's, so we'd really, really appreciate it. Um, just thank you for being so accommodating and welcoming. And, man, we went into the, the green room over there. and Wow, there's a spread. We feel so loved. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm really excited for this service. I'm not going to be preaching. The next service, I'm not going to be handing the mic over, which I'm excited about. But um, this one, I've got one of my, my friends, Grant, who's going to preach. And he is he's from Australia, grew up in China. He's just a really, really powerful, powerful minister of the Word. And when he speaks, signs and wonders follow. And that's I'm excited to see signs and wonders tonight. You guys excited for that? Um, can we, can we welcome up Grant? What an honor and a privilege it is to be here with you guys. We're just so blessed. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. And it's a super honor and privilege also to be able to minister alongside uh, Pastor Peter Hain. He's amazing. I want to tell you, Words cannot describe how grateful I am for this man and how he's changed my life. I love him so much. To be able to minister alongside him is just dream come true. Amazing. And also the incredible team that we have with us, the family, um, just an incredible group of people that, you know, you can be just so transparent and real with and that they champion you. And I've just never experienced anything like it. It's awesome. And speaking of experiencing something awesome, this church is amazing. 
There is something happening. I can feel it. It's pregnant in the spirit. I was feeling it during worship, and I was thinking, maybe I just need to throw out my notes, and we're just going to go. So I'm like, Holy Spirit, when we pray before we get to the word, when I open my eyes, if people are falling out, we'll just go with that. So we always have a plan, but then the plan is always open to be overridden by the Holy Spirit. Amen? I mean, it's an amazing time and season that we live in that the curtain to the Holy of Holies has been ripped open. Not what once a year um, one man from a nation could go in and experience, and now he lives inside of you. Oh, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, the spirit given to you with no measure. It's amazing. Whoa. I just feel like there's a supernatural grace on this house for people to be saved, but not just be saved, but be transformed quickly. There's an acceleration, I believe, that's going to happen. I believe also there's a continuing expansion. I don't know how that's going to happen because there doesn't seem like there's any seats left in your house, but it's going to keep growing. Might have to go to eight services instead of four, but it's, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. Wow. Holy Spirit. Look at all you amazing people. You guys are going to change Boise. You are going to change Idaho. Thank you, Jesus. We got to go out with your amazing evangelism team the other day and, uh, and meet some of the young people that they're, uh, they're touching. And we were at Davis Park. And, and my goodness, the atmosphere there is just cracked wide open. We can feel the result of your presence there, what you're doing in that community. And it, it, it's real, and it's Jesus, and we want to honor you, man. It's just so awesome. Keep going. Keep going. Thank you, Lord. Well, we had some... Uh, Really fun meetings over the last couple of days. And as Pastor Peter was saying, uh, just some really fun miracles. And we feel like there's a, there's a whole bunch more that the Lord is about to do here tonight. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Just want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. <laughs> oh. Well, my name is... Um, is Grant. I grew up on the mission field uh, in China. Uh, my parents are still in China. They have over 200 underground churches and also a church in Hong Kong. Eight years old, I saw my parents arrested and kicked out of China. When I graduated high school, uh, they God did a miracle to get them back in. They're still there today. Uh, when I graduated high school, I, I worked a year over in the Toronto Airport Church. Fun things were happening there. And uh, before doing some ministry in Australia. These last four years, um, I've been uh, a partner in a real estate firm in Australia, and I came to a place, sometimes, sometimes God gives you what you think you want so you can discover it's not what you really need. <laughs> you know, that you, I arrived at a place where I was like, okay, great, we've hit a bunch of goals here, but I don't want another 10 years just, just to go by and not count for something for the kingdom of God. Not that kingdom and business isn't counting. I'm not saying that at all. That absolutely is a thing. Um, but I just felt the Lord calling me, and I ended up coming to Bethel, and um, Pastor Peter wrecked me, and, and here we are today. I want to talk about the power of testimony. Before we start, can we, um, can we pray? Would you just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you right now? Would you just become aware of Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you? There's something so powerful about this when we come together in unity. You know what? Uh, 
it says one of us can put 1,000 to flight, two of us 10,000. That, that, that's kingdom math. There's an incredible multiplication where we're here together in unity. So I just want you right now, just to, for the next 15 seconds, just stir up the gift of God that's in the person next to you right now. Fan into flame. Father, we just speak blessing. We speak increase. Father, we speak healing in every body in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we honor you for what you're doing in this place. And we just pray more, Lord, more of what you're doing, more increase, more influence, more favor, more strategy, more workers in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you all the glory and the honor and praise. Thank you, Lord. Wow, I, I just can't stress this enough. I just, I love Jesus so much. Ephesians chapter 2 says, by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but a free gift of God, so no man can boast, for we are recreated in Christ for good works, transformed for his purposes, and I'm just so grateful for his grace, and that's, that is why I'm here today, and uh, you know, my team that knows me, really, if I can do it, you can do it better, <laughs> so I hope uh, that we can encourage you tonight. Okay, I hope that you have your uh, scripture jogging shoes on because we're going to cover a couple of verses to get to the point that I want to make. Uh, by the way, this, 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 the decorations in here is amazing. It's just so awesome. I love it. It reminds me a little bit of Hillsong Church. Have you ever heard Brian Houston preach at Hillsong? Welcome to Hillsong Church. 2019. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an Australian-American-Chinese that sounds like I'm American, but I'm from Australia. But I put on an Australian accent when I'm surfing so that I can, you know, drop in on a wave and they don't think I'm a foreigner. Yeah, thanks, mate. Got pitted. Awesome. Great. <laughs> I feel like the anointing comes more on the Australian accent. If I feel like things are going south, we'll just go Australian. More Lord. Yes, God. <laughs> All right. Our senior pastor, who we love very dearly, Pastor Bill Johnson, one of his main messages um, that uh, the Lord really gave him, actually blew my mind when he shared it for the first time, is about the loaves and the fishes. If you've ever heard Bill Johnson preach, you may have heard this message before. How many of you heard this message before? about the loaves and fishes? No one. <laughs> Three people, four. We're going to quickly go, go through it. In Mark chapter 4, uh, Mark chapter 6, Jesus multiplies bread, five loaves, three fishes, for 5,000 people, 12 baskets are left over. In Mark chapter 8, again, he multiplies loaves and fishes, supernatural provision. And again, there is baskets of food left over. In the same chapter later on, Jesus is in the boat with his disciples going to the other side, and he wants to share them amazing revelation. He says to them in Mark chapter 8, verses 16, he says, Be careful, Jesus warned them, watch out for the use of the Pharisees and of Herod. Jesus is about to drop some revelation about the religious spirit and also about the political spirit. Now, I'm excited about getting this uh, revelation that Jesus is about to drop. But unfortunately, we, Jesus never gets around to that message because the disciples interrupt him and hear him say leaven and go, Oh, no, we have no bread. 
They hear leaven, and immediately they jump to need. Jesus, who's going to bring them this revelation, stops, and he goes, okay, we're not going to handle that revelation. We're actually going to talk about this situation of need. And he begins to take them on a journey, and he says, hey, remember when there was 5,000 people? And the boy came to us with five loaves and two fishes. How many are left over? He begins to recall testimonies of things that had happened before. At the end of it, he says, why do you not see? Is your heart still hard? Basically, what Jesus is trying to say is that every time that we come in contact with supernatural provision or a miracle, he's actually challenging us to shift our perspective to see from heaven. As Bill Johnson would say, we're always meant to look up before we look down. Before we look at a problem, we're meant to get heaven's perspective. So in Revelation uh, 19.10, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus, his life in ministry was prophetic. In the Old Testament, we saw priests, we saw kings, we saw judges, but Jesus came as the first fruit of a new breed. He was a son. He came as the Son of God to show us what normal Christian living was meant to look like. Jesus didn't come to show us what God could do. God's omnipresent. He doesn't need to eat, sleep. He's, he's not bound by time. Jesus came to show us what one man or woman could do in right relationship with the Father. I love how Pastor Peter challenges us. And he says, and then in 1 John it goes on to say, and as he is now, so you will be. Not even Jesus in his human form, but Jesus glorified, resurrected at the right hand of the Father. As he is now, that's what he's calling you to be. That's pretty amazing. So Jesus' life and ministry actually prophesied a new breed of Christians, the sons and daughters of God. He prophesied normal Christian life. He went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Wow. Testimony itself is actually a prophetic declaration. Every time that we see God do a miracle, he's actually prophesying in your life divine supernatural solution. The challenge of the renewed mind is every time that you see something happen, he's saying, I want to do it again. When you share a testimony of what God's done, you're actually prophesying God's will to do it again. You know, it doesn't even have to be the same thing. It doesn't have to be on the same level. God might have provided somebody $10, revealing his nature as the provider. And in that seed, in that prophecy, when it goes into soft soil, it's able to multiply and provide somebody else 100000 We do this in a revival group all the time. Pastor Peter says, who's got a testimony? Someone's got a testimony. He says, release that word. Now you receive it. We put out our hands and we receive that prophetic declaration of that breakthrough. So the challenge is that every time that you see God move, he's requiring you to transform your mind and never look at that problem the same again. To actually see from divine perspective and say, no, 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 the God who healed the headache is the God who's able to heal the cancer. 
you know, the interesting thing is when we show up, God's able to show off, right? When we show up, it's God who does the work, not us. But sometimes the battle is in fear and in our mind. When we come against a circumstance that captures our attention, it cripples us and causes us to be difficult to move out, move in power, move in faith. So uh, there's this really interesting passage which really spoke to me. I am, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit tired. I woke up this morning so excited, about 4 a.m. We've been up ever since excited seeing God move. <laughs> so if you see me waver, just pray for me. <laughs> By the way, I'm really enjoying this. My prayer is if you enjoy this even half as much as I do, it's going to be a good service. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, this is talking about David. Now, David comes on the scene. We all know the story of David and Goliath, right? He comes on the scene to a people, God's people, who have become paralyzed by fear because they became impressed with a problem. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pretend the problem isn't there. No, 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 no. It's a fact, but he's the truth, and truth changes facts. We look up before we look down. We get divine perspective, and we deal with an issue from that place. This is really fun. So he comes to Saul. Saul replies to David, and he says, You are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. So he, Saul is very able to tell you the reasons why David cannot do it. This is how David combats an atmosphere of fear. He says to him, your servant was keeping his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came to carry off the flock. I went after him and struck him and took the sheep from his mouth. When he turned on me, I seized him by the hair. I struck it and killed it. Your servant has both seen lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistines will be just like one of them who tries to defile the armies of the living God. The Lord, this is the, this verse, let's underline this one in our Bibles if we can. 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the hands of the Philistines. Here's a group of people who have become impressed with this problem. They know his size and weight and how long he's been killing people. And David comes on the scene and he combats fear with testimony. He begins to share secret place victories that nobody else has seen. He says, hey, I was watching the sheep and this bear comes out. Hey, another time this lion came out. You know, I would like to suggest that the bear and the lion were not as nearly as dangerous as Goliath. I think that Goliath was a trained killer who was after David. These were just after the sheep. But it actually doesn't matter how big or small the testimony is. The testimony is a seed that has the power and the potential to bring breakthrough over any problem. I remember when we were, um, uh, I was in ministry for a few years in Australia, and there was a lady who was diagnosed with brain cancer. She actually had a tumor in her head, and it was the size of a golf ball, or they said a small tangerine. Now, this is a majorly serious problem, and I remember that we used to pray for her, lay hands on her all the time. Doctors gave her something like three months to live. And it was in one meeting where a young person got up and he started sharing about his sports injury, how God had healed his wrist. I want to tell you something. That, you know, in our scale of things, brain tumor and wrist healing is not the same. 
But in heaven, that testimony has the potential to bring breakthrough. It reveals the nature of God, that he's good, that he's able, that he's the healer. And as this young guy started to share this story, suddenly she jumped up to her feet and said, I feel tingles in my head. I feel like something is happening to me. You know, it was amazing. This, I mean, it was, it was really amazing. We ended up praying for her some more. She went back to go and get CAT scans. And on the CAT scans that we have, there's literally one that shows that there's a tumor and another that shows that there's none. The doctors had no idea how it was done. It doesn't matter how big or small the testimony is. You know, the church might need to one day relocate and raise $10 million. You know, your testimony about God providing that $100, God providing that $50, inside of that seed, that supernatural miracle, it has the potential to bring breakthrough for every type of problem. Did you know that in our first meeting, there was a lady over here, standing right over here, who got healed of neck pain? You know what? We're unstoppable now. <laughs> it doesn't matter what problem you're facing or what sickness that you have. The God who healed the neck pain is able to heal your body. He's able to touch you. I remember another time we, we got asked to go in um, and pray for a young boy who was dying of cancer. The mom gave us a picture of him. The, the kid was a beautiful kid, you know, beautiful young blonde kid. And he was standing there with a soccer ball. When we got into the hospital room, his whole body was bloated with liquid. He looked nothing like the child from the picture. And I want to tell you, like, you know, you, you, you love to try and sometimes stay full of faith. But when you're facing something that's a giant <laughs> that somehow has an ability to capture your attention, I'm talking for from personal experience here, this, this message is actually fairly close to my heart. Where, where are we going to finish up? It, it, you know, it's hard. I remember looking and, and kind of gasping and being like, ooh. And we, we didn't really know what to do. I mean, we didn't feel a scaric of faith in the room at all. We're looking at him thinking, this, this, this kid's probably going to die. And I remember my friend and I were looking at each other. And my friend looks at me and he says, he says you know, he looks at the mom. The other day, we were street outreaching, and, uh, you know, like these guys down at the basketball courts, and uh, they were at the shopping center, and we prayed for this guy, and he had a twisted ankle, and it was swollen. The swelling went down, and he got healed. And the mom looked at us, and she was like, it's cancer. But, but hang on another, you know, we actually prayed for this other guy, and, and he actually had a deaf ear. We have this on video, and we prayed for him. The power of God touched him, and his ear popped open. He couldn't believe it. He just started swearing. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. As we started sharing these testimonies about who God is, it began to shift the atmosphere of the room. You know, we, we laid hands on this kid. As we were praying, he rolled over. He opened his eyes and looked at us. And we're like, yes. And then he closed his eyes again and rolled back over. And we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we left. The next day, we got a call from his mom. One of the difficult things about moving in, in Signs and Wonders and Miracles is, is disappointment. That sometimes you pray for people and people die. It's, it's, it's the fact. It's, it's what we, we do face in this. But I want to tell you something. We must take risk according to our faith to see the manifestation of what we believe released in our life. 
it's not good enough to have good theology. We've got to close the gap between the experience and our theology. Amen? I get this call, and immediately when I saw the call on the phone, I thought, oh, I honestly thought she wants us to take the funeral. So I answered the phone, and I said, hi, um, what's, what's happening? And, uh, and she said, she was totally out of breath. She said, you, you wouldn't believe it. And I said, what happened? She said, well, I went out this morning to go get some breakfast, and when I came back a couple of hours later, the bed was empty, but it was wet. And I figured that my son had died, and sometimes when a body dies, it releases liquid, and that they'd move the body. So she ran to a nurse and said, where's my son? Where did you take my son? And nobody knew. And they're looking through the hospital ward for this, this child. And all of a sudden, they hear from laughter from outside. And they go and look. And there is her child playing, kicking a ball in normal, perfect health. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, that was not because I had... Great faith. <laughs> it really wasn't. But I want to tell you, that he, he, he's a God of breakthrough. And that headache that got healed in seed form, that, that, that is seed form for cancer-free zones. Do you know why? Because it reveals who he is, his nature. That he's God, that he's healer, that he loves you, that he's able, that he's willing. It says that the, the renewed mind is able to test and approach prove what the perfect will of God is, that we are delegated authority on planet earth. God doesn't want to just fix for you. He wants to fix through you. From the beginning of time, he put Adam and Eve in the garden in the likeness of God and gave them authority to steward earth. Jesus came, took that authority back from the devil and reassigned man. At the end of Jesus' ministry, he actually said, it's better that I go away, for I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Hang on. No, 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 no. No, no. Who's the best conference speaker we could possibly invite? This is not a trick question. I, at BSSM, we know this answer all the time. Jesus. It's either Jesus or Bill Johnson, right? No, no, just kidding. <laughs> that, was, that was naughty. Um, Right? Jesus. Jesus, what do you mean it's better that you go away? And yet Jesus was limited in a human body to one place at one time. And he said, no, no, no. I'm going to release the Holy Spirit that through each of you that there's going to be little Christ, that divine solution is going to come through you. That the sun doesn't go down around the world on Jesus's. Jesuses that are meant to be brokering the kingdom, setting the captives free, healing the sick, raising the dead, and proclaiming the good news. And so it says the renewed mind's able to test and approve. This word test and approve is really interesting. It's kind of like the word to, te to test as in for false money. If you were to uh, uh, get money and go through money, have you ever been, I mean, I lived in China, and they didn't have those special machines which checks money, but uh, they have people who literally examine the real, authentic bill, and they become so familiar with the real bill, <laughs> the real bill, <laughs> terrible, 
<laughs> Sorry. Like I said, if you enjoy this half as much as I do, it's going to be a good service. That they're able to recognize a fake bill, and they're able to go through and go, yep, 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 Ooh, no, not that one. Yep, 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 yep. The renewed mind is able to recognize the will of God. When you experience supernatural supply, God's not just solving your problem here and now. He's actually teaching you to fish. He's not getting you a fish. He's teaching you to fish. He's introducing you to a world of infinite possibility. He's introducing you to a world with supernatural supply and total healing from sickness. And so the idea of the renewed mind is when we come across something that is not of the will of God, we go, that's good, that's good. No, we're not going to have that. And as delegated authority, we're able to make a change. I love um, Pastor Peter's message this morning. Am I over time already? Is that right? Oh, I'm reading the, I'm reading the clock wrong. Um. <laughs> Was that an Aussie no? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Pastor Peter said this morning, very, very, very challenging. He said, let's not sit back and blame. Let's stand up and make a change. As a believer, what we focus on, we empower. Fear, in a sense, is a, is a type of faith. It's, it's a belief in something negative that has not yet happened. Oh, oh. I, I want to share this, this, this last verse with you, and we're going we're to pray for some people. Uh, this one's really near to my heart. It's Luke chapter 7, verses 22. Luke chapter 7, verses 22. And in context, this is what's happening. John the Baptist is in a difficult situation. John the Baptist is in prison. And because of his circumstance and his disappointment, John actually begins to doubt whether or not Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gets his disciples to go and ask Jesus. Now, for a second, if you have a think about it, John has heard the audible voice of God say, this is my son, that I'm well pleased. I want to say that again. John prophesied over Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and he heard the, the audible voice of God. And yet, here later on, because of disappointment, he's become disheartened. And because of the situation that he's in, he actually begins to doubt. You know, one of my friends, he, he said to me, he said, oh, I get so frustrated w when I read the disciples going through the gospel because, you know, they made so many dumb decisions. You know, I don't get frustrated. I, I get inspired by it because I make those dumb decisions all the time. I make those dumb thoughts all the time. When I read that the, that the disciples didn't get it, I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's me. When I read this passage, that even though he'd heard the audible voice of God and the Holy Spirit come descend on him like a dove and he's doubting, I think to myself, you know what? I, I've been there before. I've been in a place 
where things have not worked out according to plan and that you looked around at the circumstance and the situation and you began to, to doubt and say, oh, God, you know, did you really call me? Did you really do this? Was this, you know, it's real. I think this is interesting. John the Baptist, he, he sends his disciples to Jesus, asks this question. He says, are you the one or shall we wait for someone else? Do you know what Jesus' answer is? Jesus' answer to John doubting whether he's the son of God was not, I am. It was not, read Isaiah. Don't you know that the prophecies, they prophesy about me. It was not a strong rebuke. Jesus sent this back. He said, go and tell John. Do you know what he's going to tell him? He's going to tell him testimonies. He says, go tell John that the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, lepers are being cleansed, deaf ears are being opened, the dead are being raised, and the gospel is being preached. Here is John in his most disappointed, disheartened place. Things have not worked out according to plan. Jesus isn't sitting on the throne and dealt with all of the Romans. He's actually in death row, and Jesus sends him testimonies. He says, here's going to solve the problem in your soul. I'm going to redirect you towards what God is is doing. And he says, blessed are those who are not offended at me, that he became offended because of the circumstance and situation. I want to tell you something. This is very personal to my heart, and I haven't shared it in any of the other services. But, I, I, you know, I was in ministry. We saw amazing miracles. We were on TV. We, we saw blind eyes open. We saw a blind eye of a news reporter while being filmed being opened. But, you know, I also, I had, a, I had an incredible burnout. I did. So much so that I was so disappointed. I was so disheartened with the call and with God and with his promises and what about healing and what about this. And, you know, um, when I, when I, oh, I'm going to get emotional. Woo! I came to, <laughs> I knew that I needed to come to Bethel. The Lord encouraged me many times. I was, I was in ministry for, what, eight, ten years at a church. And I, I went to Bethel, and everybody around was just like so pumped about changing the world and like evangelizing and healing the sick. And you know what I all I could think of was? That's a lot of work. And every time they're like global revival, and I'm like, oh, revival with discipleship, with people, with disappointments, with problems. <laughs> I mean, amazing miracles, but isn't it interesting? We can sometimes be hypercritical, and they actually say in theology, uh, psychology that it takes five positive words to undo one negative. We can focus on that one person that didn't get healed. We had blind eyes and deaf ears and different, but that one person that didn't make it, and suddenly it can jade you. And I remember sitting there being like, I was hating it. <laughs> That's true. I'm being super real tonight. I was sitting there for the first three weeks like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> all these young kids who are so passionate about getting into all this 
work. It's work that leads to disappointment, disappointment, burnout, and it's hard, right? I remember going, Pastor Peter was so amazing, you know, I mean, oh my gosh, a man could love you along a, I just love him so much, goodness gracious Jesus. Oh, I love him. Don't worry, I love Jesus more, it's okay, it's all right. <laughs> I remember we went on a camp together. And, uh, and, and I have like a, a cry deficiency. I get so jealous of Eric that he gets to stand up here and he says, my wife, and boom, tears. I'm like, I want tears. You know, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like tears say more than a thousand words. You know, I just want to stand up here and be like, that man, tear, yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, my grandmother died, and, 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 and I, I, she was a hero of the faith in China. And it raised me, and I love her, and I miss her, and I think about her every day. I couldn't get a tear out. I was like, come on, tear, come on. Show what's on inside here. And we went to this camp. Oh, my goodness, I have never cried so much in my life. I never, I'm serious. This is how bad I cried. I wasn't planning to share this, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I cried so hard and so long down next to the, the uh, little uh, uh, lake. I didn't realize I was next to the girls' cabins. And I think I was crying for about two hours. And it was like 12 o'clock at night. And I wasn't like little like, oh, Jesus, you're touching. I was like, oh, yeah. I was ugly cry. I was loud cry. I was like, I don't cry. Anyways, this lovely little BSSM student chick girl came along. And she's like, you know, came up to me. And she's like, hi. <laughs> she's like, She's like, do you need a hug? I was like, I'm like, no, I don't need a hug, man. Jesus is healing me on my disappointment. And she's like, okay, well, since you don't need a hug, would you be able to keep it down? Because you're keeping all the girls in the cabin up, you know? All right, I'll quiet, cry quietly, you know? Sign up to BSSM next year. <laughs> Anyways, no, no. But you know, when, when, when Pastor Peter laid his hands on me in that meeting, when anyone talked about ministry, healing the sick, raising the dead, I just got this massive tired feeling on me like, oh, like I can't think of anything worse. I love Jesus. I want to go to heaven and we'll make lots of money on the way. But when he prayed for me, it was amazing. Suddenly, something began to flood back into my life. And you know what it was? It was memories. It was the feeling of what it was like to see somebody set free and delivered. It was memories to remember what it was like to stand in a meeting and see somebody get out of a wheelchair for lives to be transformed, for drug addicts to come in and be face down and later become our evangelists. See, things can happen. Life can happen to you or you can happen to life, one or the other. I don't know. But it can bring disappointment and it can slow you down and it can cause you to be in the same place that John the Baptist was in, that after the miracles and the prophecy and the divine voice from heaven, he was asking. And yet Jesus came to him and he said, tell John, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the deaf are hearing, the dead are being raised. The gospel's being preached. Church, I don't know where you are at on your journey. I know you're a radical, wild, revival church. I could feel that passion in the worship. But I want to tell you if there's any type of disappointment in your life. Just the other day, we saw 37 people healed before we'd even prayed. We went out on the street and saw these guys, and they're loving on people in neighborhoods. 
I want to tell you something. People are getting transformed in Idaho. People are getting touched. Jesus is moving. And in every single one of these testimonies, it is a seed to see divine breakthrough. It doesn't matter how big or how small, but what do we feed ourselves? We feed ourselves on what God is doing. Do you know why? We're not impressed by the problem. We look up before we look down. We live from divine solution. Jesus is looking for a generation he can raise up that he would fix, not for you, but through you. That you would think on his behalf and speak on his behalf and proclaim. Can I grab the team up for a second? Hey, thanks for letting me be super real. (laughs) You know, at this point in the night, We'd love to hand the mic and grab a bunch of words of knowledge, but this hasn't been my usual message or my usual service message. And so we'll just, we'll stick with not usual for now. We are going to pray for the sick tonight. People are going to be healed. And Jesus is going to get the glory. (laughs) But first of all, if you're in this place... And you have been discouraged, and you have let a prophecy die, or a promise die, or you've been burnt out, or something hasn't worked out the way that you wanted it to, whether you were believing for somebody, for finance, for a business, for a ministry, for something that didn't happen, and discouragement came into your heart. This is something I'm so passionate about because it's something that I've had incredible recent breakthrough in. If you're in this place, we want to pray for you. We want to lay our hands on you old school style. And we want to believe that the love of God is going to transform your life. That he's going to heal your heart. That he's going to light and set a new passion for his things. That he's going to remind you of his words and his promises and his calling. That he's going to remind you that he was with you. That you're going to remember and you're going to pick up the call again. Oh, you're going to believe again like a child. Do you remember what that was like to just believe you're going to be the most significant thing ever? I'm going to be an astronaut. Well, they're not sending people to the moon anymore. I don't care. (laughs) I believe God's looking for a radical generation. And he wants to encounter you and transform you. So if you're here in this place with every eyes closed and head bows right now across this place, and you're saying, yeah, I've, I've got some disappointment. I've got some things that have happened that's jaded my perspective. Yeah, I can probably even relate to John, where I'm doubting a call or I'm doubting a thing or whatever it is. I want you to slip up your hand right across this place if this presents you. Yep, yep, hands going right up. Okay, wow, that's really cool. Hey, um, we're going to pray for you in one second. I actually feel I'm just going to do something else first. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if there's anyone like that, would you slip up your hand? You want to receive Jesus. Thank you, bro. That's awesome. Great decision. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sister. That's awesome. Wow, for these two people. Hey, really quickly for these two people, we're going to pray a prayer together corporately. Is that okay? This is the greatest prayer you can ever pray. In Romans chapter 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, then you'll be saved. 
Oh, it's the greatest thing. Thanks so much, bro. Thank you, sis. That's amazing. Why don't we all just say this together? Dear Jesus, I believe you are God. You sent your son who died for me. Tonight, I invite you into my heart. I pray you forgive my sins and you would transform my life. Tonight, I'm giving you my heart and my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Hey, for these two. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. For these two amazing people, this is an incredible church, and I want to encourage you to get connected to these pastors. Have a chat to them straight after the service. It's awesome. You, were, you got born into a family. God's got a plan and purpose for you, and they want to inspire you and cheer you on for what he has for you. Thank you so much for responding. We love you. Every other person, you raised your hand uh, just before saying, yep, that's you. You felt some disappointment in your life. I believe God's going to break that off of you tonight. He's going to transform you. He's going to light a fire inside of you. You're going to be a transformationalist, not just to this city, but to this generation. If you raised your hand really quickly, I'd like you to invite you to come to the front. I'm going to get my team to old school lay hands on you. We're going to believe God is going to do something powerful in your life in Jesus' name. Fantastic. Um, actually, could we possibly just get somebody on the keys? Look at, look at all these radical revivalists. Yes. Yes. Amen. All right. We're just, um, hmm, how are we going to get to everyone? <laughs> Move through it. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. We're, we're going to uh, try and quickly come along and lay hands on you. And um, Pastor Peter gets us to do this all the time. He says, well, you just get in receive mode. Just put your hands out in front of you. Just become aware of King Jesus all around you right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wow, he's, he's already bringing healing right now. He's wow, I see disappointment being broken off of people's hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That disappointment, that hurt, um, you know, even people who are offended towards God because of situations that didn't work out, God's healing that right now. He's revealing himself to you as a good God, as a good father, as a lover, as a king. He's for you. He's with you. He's always been with you. Father, I pray, Lord, right now you just begin to reveal yourself right across this place. Even before um, we reach you, even before a team member is, is able to pray for you, just receive wherever you are. And even if in your seats right now, just go ahead and receive. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for healing hearts. We thank you, Lord, for revealing your nature. We thank you, Lord, that you are an extravagantly good father. You're a good, good father who loves us. So right now, we just pray every disappointment would be broken in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we speak to dreams and we say, dreams come alive. We speak to hearts right now in the name of Jesus to dream like a child again. Ho! You know, there's a, a verse in the Bible about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
and they get thrown into the fire. And in the fire, when they're in their difficult situation, people are able to see Jesus. But for me, that's not the most impressive part. The most impressive part is the final verse, which says, when they came out of the fire, there was not even the scent of smoke on their clothes. I believe that there's some of you that's been through some fire in your life, some difficult seasons in your life. And yes, Jesus can be seen in those difficult seasons, but one of the things that's going to be a sign and a wonder to this generation is that you're going to come through without even the scent, without even the bitterness, without even the hurt. Because Jesus is bringing healing and wholeness and restoration to every part of our life. I just feel like there's people even uh, in childhood that your, your childhood was stolen through abuse and different things. God's delivering you right now. It's just coming off of you. All heaviness, all tiredness is just coming off of you right now. All depression right now in the name of Jesus is just coming off. And I thank you for your joy. I thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Father, we just, we just receive right now in Jesus' name. Above everything else, God, we just want to be good receivers of your free grace gift. Good receivers right now in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Riverhouse Podcast. For more information, visit riverhouseministries.com.